mission series. And today, uh, it, the topic is prioritizing mission as the end. But I don't know how you found it over the past like couple of months, like talking about mission. Like it's, I, it's almost like learning a language again. Like if you know what I mean. Like I'm, and I'm, uh, well, I'll say I'm an expert in languages. Uh, I got what I thought was excelente in my French speaking, um, which I think equates to E. Um, so, in case you're unaware, that's really bad. <laughs> like, very bad. But, um, you know what it's like when you got, if you've got a Duolingo app or any sort of language, like, you can spend time uh, going through the app, you can spend time reading it, uh, repeating it, learning it, um, but it's not until you're sort of, like, if you spend a month on Duolingo and then you sort of jump into, like, Spain or France, like, it's not until you get there where you realize, actually, I may not know as much as I thought I did. And this is not a diss to Duolingo, they're a great app. Um, but it's not until we get into practice, it's not until we start to do it, that we start to realize and start to learn and to grasp what it is. And that's why I think mission is quite like a, a language. Um, and we've had a lot of good theory, we've had a lot that sound good, and lots of things that we could take away over the past couple of weeks. Um, and so I just want to encourage us in a different way of how we can prioritize mission in our lives. Because um, mission can sometimes feel quite like a heavy burden. Like I, know, I don't know how you feel when somebody says, let's go on mission or let's go do evangelism. It can feel heavy. Like, or, or am I alone there in the heaviness of what? Uh, but I don't think that that's God, what God or what Jesus intended mission to feel like. And it, it, I don't think he meant for us to drag our feet and drag our heels being like, oh, I've got to go do mission. I've got to go. Like, like almost like tantruming children. Like, I'm sure we've all been there where you've got a child and you've got to get somewhere and then the child is like, no, 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 no. And you're just dragging them along. But like, I don't, that's not what Jesus wants from us. And I want us to turn to a passage that we read last week, Matthew 11, 25 to 30. Because I just want to help, help almost reframe it to what prioritizing mission can look like. Because it's not meant to be a heavy burden. It's not meant to be something that brings anxiety. So we're all there. It'll come up on the screen behind me. So it says, At the time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things, you have, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. Those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I really think that part of prioritizing mission is that we need to prioritize going to Jesus. We need to prioritize coming before him, and allowing ourselves to, to as, as the word was brought today, to hold us tight. Because I don't believe that we can go out into the world without knowing that 
touch that safe place that Jesus brings. And I really believe that coming to Jesus is the first place where we find ourselves being able to prioritize mission. It's where we're able to learn from him. It's where we're able to be restored when we're tired. It's where we find the true life that we're meant to have. And I think we can all agree that Jesus had a pretty impressive life, a pretty impressive ministry. He did lots of things, did loads of miracles. He healed many people. He, he did so much in his lifetime. And I think there's just something in the age that we live in where it can be so easy to find ourselves into situations where it's situations where we so easily burn out. And I think this is where Jesus is trying to avoid here, burnout. He's trying to tell us that there's a mission to be had, but come to me, because I will give you rest. And, but there's still a mission to be had. And he explains, he explains his close relationship with Jesus, right, in this passage. He explains that he, he, he and the Father, as we read, the, he and the Father... That no one knows the Son except the Father. That's a close relationship. Nobody knows the Son except the Father. And that's a closeness of who they are. And his worship and praise of who God is. That his Father was pleased about Jesus. So there's a close relationship. That, that all the things have been committed to me by my Father. So he's, he's doing what his Father tells him to do. He's not doing anything outside of it. He's doing as he's been led by God. And Jesus invites us into that same relationship with him. He invites us to, to do as Jesus did. And it, it, I, I'm probably making this sound a bit too simple, just do what Jesus did. It's quite a, maybe an oversimplification. Um, but like, I think this verse is really powerful. Like even though when I was, when I, well, when I was uh, quite young, I'm going to be honest with you for a minute, because um, like, you'll, you'll sort of get my intelligence level here. Like when I read Yoke, like, I didn't really know what a yoke was. Well, other than, actually, I knew what a yoke was, but I didn't realize what fluffy eggs had to do with the mission of God or about coming to Jesus. And I actually, after a while, like, I, I soon realized that it's not to do with fluffy eggs. And that, that I've got a picture here of, uh, of uh, what a yoke is. Um, so here's a, a man. Um, that, that is me in a couple of years uh, trying to grow a beard. Well, he's got that thing around his yeah, neck. That is a yoke. And that's what, and Jesus invites us into, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he's inviting us into a work, but it's not a heavy burden of a work. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And it, this is the tool that's meant to help him carry. The yoke helps him carry the weight. So the, the yoke that Jesus gives us is there to help us be missional. That's why we come to him and we receive from him. Because it's from him where we're able to receive how we're going to be missional. It's from him. It's when we prioritize coming to Jesus where we're able to find that being missional is light and easy. Because Life isn't meant to be hard. Like Jesus came, and in John 10, 7 to 10, he says, Very truly, I am the gate for the sheep. All who, uh, for the sheep. 
All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. You see here, coming to Jesus is meant to bring us life to the fullness, not life to the mediocre, but life to the fullness because it's in Jesus. It's when we come to Jesus, who is the gate, who, we, who in this passage, we'll go, the sheep are going in and out, going, be, going in, receiving from Jesus, going out and being missional. And it's in him where we find our life to the fullness. Because it's not meant to be like a chores list. It's not meant to be um, just things that you need to do. It's not like a tick box exercise. It's not like suddenly, oh, oh, I've done this. Great. I'm now missional. Like, I've completed the task. Because if that was the case, you'd probably be taken to heaven if you completed the task. But we haven't. We are here for a reason. We're here to have life to the fullness. And to have it, the first place we do is to come to Jesus, to come before him. And it's when we come to Jesus, we realize what our calling is. We realize what the burdens we're meant to carry are, what the burdens that are, that are light, what the, that are easy, that we're meant to hold dear. Because I think it's very important that we allow Jesus to work in us because I think sometimes we can, I think one of the things that can make being missional quite a burden is that we think we have to save people. Now hear me out right, I said that, I said that purposely controversially to get your attention, but we don't actually do any of the saving. We don't do that because Jesus is the one who saves. To save was Jesus' burden to carry, our burden is to come to Jesus, to faithfully live for Jesus, to faithfully share the gospel of what Jesus has done in our lives, to share who he is, the life that he has in us. And that doesn't seem as heavy anymore because we're, we're not going to, well, we're, we're, Jesus has done the work to save them. We just have to share who he is. We just have to share the life of Jesus. It's the same with building, building his church. Like, we don't build God's church. Jesus is the one who builds the church. We are to faithfully take care of the church, to share the gospel, to again have Jesus at the center, to come to him in prayer and to come to him and allow God to work in us because that's how we'll be able to prioritize mission. That's the first step is if Jesus needs to be our full line, our full focus, and that as long as we keep our eyes on him and as long as we keep going towards him, and coming towards him, we'll find that he, he's, given his, he's given us the right burdens, the right yokes, the ro yoke that is easy, the yoke that is light, the burden that is easy and light. So I'm going to do what James did, because I'm going to read that passage again from the message translation, because I, I just love the what the message do here. It's a paraphrase of the passage, but we're going to start again from 20, 25 to 26. It says, abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from sophisticated, uh, sophisticates and know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This 
is a unique father-son operation. Coming out of the father-son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the, father, the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. It's that relational operation there that with Jesus. That's what our, our task is. It's a relational operation that we come to Jesus, we come to him, and we work with him. Just as he did with God in his relationship with God. And we, we, he invites us into that same relationship with him. And then it goes on to, are you tired, worn, worn out, burnout, out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So in the middle of that, of that talk about the relationship, he invites, he says, are you tired? And then come to me. Inviting us to do things his way, to go into his rhythms and his life. I don't get any sense that God's in a rush here. God is inviting us to, to be with him, to, to allow us to prioritize his mission. In Colossians 3, 117, it says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated on the, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in, in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever, bring, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self which is pra with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I think when we come to Jesus, when we come with priority of coming to him, we also come with priority of transformation, personal transformation. Because we can't come to Jesus and not be transformed. Because that's just not the way he works. We come to him and he sheds us of all those things. And like Paul, uh, Paul in this encouragement to set our hearts on Christ, he, he points out some pretty interesting things. Um, it's a pretty interesting list of what, what sort of not to do. Uh, I'm not going to do any sort of like raise your hand if you've done them or anything, but like it's not the place or time really. But like the first part of the list is sexual immor immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. And I'm going to be honest with you again. I'm fairly certain that when I was writing this preach, I ate a whole bag of sharing pretzels. So, so right there, I've fallen at the first hurdle of greed. And 
I'm sorry, I, I didn't share them. I'm going to be honest. They, it was all me. <laughs> but then the list continues. Uh, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. And I don't think any of us can say that we're perfect in any sort of way. It was only through the work of coming to Jesus that we are transformed by him, that we're transformed by God. And that it changes our thinking. It, and that we, we change how we act and how we are, taking off the layers of what sin has done to corrupt us. And that's what, when, when Jesus was on the earth proclaiming the gospel, that's why he said the kingdom of God is here. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. It was constantly throughout his preaching, repent and be baptized. And, we, and repentance, it, there's, there's that, that moment where we first repent, where, we, where there's a full transformation of what we've done, where it's like we're walking in one direction away from God. Then we realize that Jesus is the one, and we do a full 360 turn, and we beeline with Jesus. And that, 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 that's what repentance is, is changing your mind. And then, we start, well, and then we start walking towards him. But then also in life, we can find ourselves straying away, can't we? Moving in different ways. And, like, and there's a, almost a, a continual repentance that we need to do to, tra- to make sure that we keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our focus on him. So we keep walking towards him and saying, sorry, God, I've gone astray. I'll go back towards you, Jesus. Sorry, God. Uh, I've gone a different way. I'm back towards you, Jesus. And just allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, allowing God, through our obedience towards him, to work in us in a powerful way. And it's the same with baptism. Like there's the moment where we get baptized, where we're dunked under the water, and we die to our old life, and we're raised up in the new life of Christ. But there's still moments where in life where we may not need to go into the waters anymore, but we do need to die to things. Die to things that are left in our old life. Die to attitudes, die to hurts, where we lay them in the grave that they deserve to be in and continue to walk towards Jesus. And again, with the Holy Spirit being baptized, there's a moment where, we, where you pray for and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and the work of God is, is exploded in you. But there's also a continual work of the Holy Spirit. It's not just pray once and the whole... And, but it's pray continually. Holy Spirit, refill me. Refill me. I need you more. I need you more. Because we can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do this without the power of God, which is when Lakundo first preached to us, that's what she encouraged us with. It, we can't do it without the power of God. We can't be missional without it. And we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in fire, allowing the things to be burned up and to be equipped to go out and do the mission. And it's n- again, it's no tick box exercise. It's not repentance, done. Baptism, done. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, done. It's continual. We need to keep coming towards Jesus. We need to keep coming towards him. We need to keep not losing focus on him. And uh, I'm just going to quote from a book called The, Ru- the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer here. Um, and he says, because what you give your attention to is the person you become. Put another way, in the mind is the portal of the soul, and what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you gave your attention to. 
And that bodes well for those apprentices of Jesus who give the bulk of their attention to him and to all that is good, beautiful, true in this world, but not for those who give their attention to the 24-7 news cycle of outrage and anxiety and emotion-charged drama or the non-stop feed of celebrity gossip, titillation and cultural drivel, as if you give it in the first place, much of it stolen by clever algorithms out to monetize our precious attention. But again, we become what we give our attention to, for better or for worse. And when we give our attention to Jesus, he transforms us. He transforms us and makes it easier for us to, to dream with him, to dream what, what mission looks like in our lives, to dream and, set, and bring out visions and dreams of, of how our lives can be. Because with Jesus, anything becomes possible. Because with him, when we prioritize him, we're able to prioritize mission. And it just becomes that easy burden, that light yoke. And it's still doing a work in us, Jesus. He still does that work um, to bring us the, the joy of life, to bring us to the fullness of life. Um, and if we can read in Acts 1, verse 4 to 5. Um, and this is while, am I skipping ahead by? This is while, while they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jeru Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be ba baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so we need to wait on God. We need to wait on him to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, to allow him to change our focus and our settings. And we need to prioritize praying. We need to prioritize coming towards him. Because it says in Mark 9, 28 to 29, um, like his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast out? Why could we not cast it out? And they're talking about a demon here. They couldn't cast out a demon. And Jesus tells them, this kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So we want to go out in the power of God. We need to prioritize coming and praying and fasting and allowing God to work, coming and, and declaring over situations that God and um, interceding for situations to change. Because there's certain things which nothing other than prayer and fasting will solve. It's only through prayer and fasting that there's certain demons of our age that are around that will only come out through prayer and fasting, and we need to, to prioritize that. If we want to be able to prioritize mission, we need to prioritize praying and fasting and allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. And again, I don't think God's in any rush here. He invites us to wait. He, he says to wait for the Holy Spirit. And it's it, back in Acts 1, uh, after Jesus has told him to wait, he carries on like this. So when uh, they had come together, they began asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? But he said to them, it is not for, for you to know the period of time or appointed, appointed times which the Father has set by his own authority. But, for you, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and as, the, as far as the remotest parts of the earth. 
and he's very clear here. Jesus is saying, don't worry about the timings. Don't worry about the timings of anything. I'm not in a rush, Jesus is, is saying. But he just gives us a simple thing. He just says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He just points again to the Holy Spirit. Points again to that moment, to allowing God to work in you, to allow you to, allow you to go to, to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and as far as the remotest part of the earth. It's only through coming to him and through his Holy Spirit. And again, from the same book, John Mark Cameron says, to walk with Jesus is to walk a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. And in everything we're called to do, we're called to walk with Jesus. And that's how we be prioritized mission, by walking with Jesus, by being with him and going on the journey and coming towards him. And I think it was a couple of years ago, Richard brought to us about mission and discipleship as lenses to look everything through. And I just want to uh, reframe it slightly differently as mission and discipleship as two legs. There we go. Two legs. So we've got two legs. We've got mission and we've got discipleship. And I think we cannot do life with Jesus with only one. So like, for example, let's say I prioritize discipleship and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do more discipleship. 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 And then I'm stuck. I could try and do more discipleship, but I can't. Because there's another part of me that needs to be exercised. And I've got a choice here. I could be like, yeah, I'm happy here. This is fine. Life's easy. Not much to go on. But yeah. But there's the thing, when we're, when we're here in this position, it's uh, quite easy for, uh, Sam, could you do me a favor? I think you can guess what I'm going to ask you to do. Can you guess what I'm going to? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. I will try and catch myself. If I injure myself, get 999. Whoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> but you see, when, when we're like that, the, sorry, I'm going to describe you as the enemy now, but it's your, you, you agreed to push me. The enemy can come in and just push us over very easily. There was nothing I could do to stop him from attacking me. There was nothing I could do to not fall on the floor because I'd stretched myself too far and I burnt myself out on discipleship and I didn't walk with Jesus and I just stopped. But then if we... And it's the same in reverse. Like, I could prioritize mission, but don't prioritize personal discipleship. Don't prioritize reading the Bible. Don't prioritize it. What happens is I may get a big, massive church. I may have lots of people around me, but my inner self is damaged and hurting. And we can, I don't really need an example for this because we can read it in the news so often. And it's so heartbreaking how often we read, a, read of church leaders who just fall, morally or just anything. We hear of it so often. And we, we, admire, we, we admire them, don't we? When we see the work that they've done, the amazing things that they've done, but then we just find out that their discipleship life wasn't deep, it was shallow, and we didn't. And for us to live, because again, Jesus is not in a hurry. It's not like he's asking us to run. Just 
Walk with Jesus. Mission, discipleship. Mission, discipleship. Mission, discipleship. It's easy, this, because I'm not having to take massive stretches. I'm not having to, like, here, be like, okay, I need to do little jolts to try and get back up to it and feel like I'm losing the other side. But it's just easily walking faithfully with Jesus, not allowing anything else to distract me, just keep walking with him. Mission, going out, helping the poor, discipleship, reading my Bible, mission, um, campaigning for, for the big feeds, discipleship, praying and going to deeper, mission, uh, telling my colleagues about Jesus and the change he's had in my life, discipleship, coming to connect or other things. And it's just as we walk with Jesus, as we do them, we find ourselves in a place of ease of both prioritizing mission and prioritizing discipleship. They are interconnected. We can't have one without the other. And that's what God wants us to do. And it's really important we don't need to rush. Because I feel it's so, we're in the society we live in, everything's so fast. Go to McDonald's, get a meal in two minutes or less. Oh, I was, tr- I was trying to not mention McDonald's, but I did. <laughs> so, um, but everything's so fast. You can, on, you can order, uh, well, like a delivery in an hour on Amazon. But we, Jesus is not in any sort of rush for his mission to be fulfilled. Because he, he's not got, he's in charge of the timescales. He can move it. It's not like you've got an overbearing project manager uh, trying to be like, oh, the deadline's coming up. You need to get it otherwise. Otherwise, uh, everything's going to go to pots if you don't do this right now. No, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's almost like a manager who comes alongside you and just like, let's do it together. We're going to be missional and we're going to disciple. We're going to go deep into discipleship. We're going to go deep into mission and we're not going to allow ourselves to be distracted by anything else. And that is how we prioritize. That's how I believe we prioritize mission in our lives how we allow God to work in us and through us, um, and how we're closing this series of being mission partners. Um, so yeah, so I think it'll be great. Uh, just if we could end, just, let's just gather into a couple, uh, into small groups and let's just pray. Let's just pray for each other. Let's just uh, pray for God to do a work in us, that, to help us to keep our eyes on him. And let and let's repent of times, like, let's repent where we've lost focus and we've looked away from him. Let's repent of the, of, and say sorry for that and let's come again to Jesus. Um, so yeah, so we just get into groups of like fours, fives, and we'll just uh, pray together and then I'll pray and we'll go get the kids. Mm-hmm.